This is Children's Hour, coming to you from AWR Ghana, Voice of Hope. AWR Ghana, Voice of Hope. With you in mind, we have programs such as Bible verses, recitals, story time, singing, and many, many more, just for you. Stay tuned. Natalia Jenny Boateng. I am 11 years old. My memory verse is taken from Psalm 119 verse 1 and 2. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the word of the Lord. Amen. My name is Bridget Sewa Bunsu. I am 10 years old. My memory verse is taken from 1 John chapter 9 verse 1. 1 John chapter 9 verse 1. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank you.
My name is Lodina Ojo. I am nine years old. My memory verse is taken from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18 to 19. For that says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other God. I have not spoken in secret, in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Amen. My name is Ojimamea Boyemajuma. I am eight years old. My memory verse is taken from Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. My name is Christian Osei Bubie. My memory verse is taken from Psalm 56 verse 2 to 4. My slanders pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. When I am afraid, O Lord, I will trust in you. I trust in God and am not afraid. I praise him for what he has promised. What can a mere human being do to me? My power test. We will reflect God's love when we are patient with others and accept them. My name is Angela Collins. I am seven years old. My memory verse is taken from Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Amen. My name is Etzodonko. I'm nine years old. My memory test is taken from Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting. Together our some are in. Let us encourage one another. And all the more the day approaching. Amen. My name is Kofi 19. I am seven years old. My memory verse is taken from First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18. With joy always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Hello friends, welcome to another edition of Storytime. My name is Maoli and today the title of our study is Love's Greatest Test. Love's Greatest Test. Do you remember how old Abraham was when his long-promised baby arrived? He was 100 years old and how happy he was to have a son at last. He and Sarah gazed at little Isaac with wonder and delight. Sarah was so happy that she said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. When Isaac was about three years old, 
Abraham had a big party and invited all his friends and neighbors to come and see his young son. How proud he was of Isaac, and what a wonderful time he and Sarah must have had showing him off to everybody. I can almost hear Abraham saying over and over again, This is the baby God promised us when we left Haran 25 years ago. This is our first little speck of dust, our first tiny star. Not everyone in the camp was happy though. Hagar knew that since Isaac had been born, her son, Ishmael, now 14 years old, would never stand a chance of being Abraham's heir. In her jealousy, Hagar made fun of Sarah and her little boy. At last, Sarah became so angry. She asked Abraham to get rid of them both. Unwilling to do anything that might be unkind, Abraham talked with God about the trouble. God said that it would be better to let them go, but not to worry, for he would look after them. Early the next morning, Abraham gave them food and water for their journey and said goodbye. It must have been a sad parting. I can imagine the old man's eyes were filled with tears as Ishmael and his mother Hagar walked away and finally disappeared in the distance. Sadly, the water Abraham had given them didn't last long. When it was gone, both Hagar and Ishmael nearly died of thirst. The boy collapsed in the middle of the desert, and Hagar burst into tears. But God kept his promise to watch over them. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. Back in the camp, little Isaac was the center of attention. Abraham and Sarah could think of nothing else. How they loved that child. They had waited so long for him that now they couldn't do enough for him. And God loved him too. Isaac was an important link in the chain of his plan of salvation. Through his children, Jesus would come at last to crush the snake's head. Some time later, in a command that must have been terribly hard for Abraham to understand, God asked him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, to kill him like a lamb, or a kid, or a calf, and burn him on an altar. This command must have come as a crushing blow to the old man, the boy, just growing into sturdy young manhood was the joy of his parents' heart, the pride of the whole camp. But God had said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Poor Abraham, what greater test of faith and love could ever come to anyone? He had waited years and years for this dear boy. He had told all his friends and servants, that Isaac was the miracle child that God had promised him. He had loved him with all the intense feeling an old man had for an only son. Now God asked him to lay Isaac on an altar and kill him. Why? 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 Abraham must have asked over and over again. Something had to be wrong. He must have been misunderstood. Surely God would never ask anyone to do such a terrible thing. But Abraham knew that God had spoken to him, and though he could not understand the command, he decided to obey it. He knew that the one who had called him out of Ur and Haran had been with him 
on all his journeys and was still taking care of him. God had fulfilled his promise to give him a son. He wouldn't tax him to make such a sacrifice without a good reason. Willingly, but with a heavy heart. He did as God asked. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When they had cut enough food for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. All day long they traveled, and all the next day, Abraham and Isaac walked together, and the two servants followed behind, wondering what this journey was all about. What a sad journey that was. It must have been almost more than Abraham could bear. Every step of the way, his heart became heavier and heavier. He could hardly look at Isaac without wanting to cry. What did they talk about? We do not know, but we can be sure that when they did speak to each other, it was with great tenderness. Isaac loved and respected his dear old father, and Abraham's every word was even more gentle because of what God expected him to do the next day. Friends, we'll end here and continue another time. Until next time, it's bye. To contact us, write to Adventist World Radio, Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box, AF595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana. Or call us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-208-704-532 or email us at Radio at vvu.edu.gh
nephews and nieces. This is Uncle Kwesi. You know, when it is time to meet you like this, your uncle is very happy. But interestingly, today is quite different. You know, certain things are bothering my mind. When you have little has asking serious questions, I mean really serious questions, then uncle will be bothered. Because as you have questions that are not answered, you are carrying burdens. And as you carry burdens, uncle will be bothered, you know. Serious questions. My little daughter asked, God, are you really there? I said, wow. Will a two-year-old girl ask this question? Then another nephew also asked, God, can you really see me? Another person wanted to find out how far is heaven from the earth? Ah, well, another one asked, how do you really look like? Serious questions. Inquisitive questions. Little minds, little hearts want to know. They are concerned. God, how tall are you? How big are you? Very serious questions. But you know what? It is not possible to find answers to these questions by looking anywhere. One person said he was looking through the textbooks at school. Well, you don't find God in the textbooks at school. You may want to read about, you know, things God has made. You can read about animals, about people, about places, you know, in your textbooks. You can also read about the mathematics and things like that. But serious questions, questions about the Lord, you do not find them in textbooks. Somebody said, teacher did not really believe God does exist. Well, that is serious. But it still raises a serious question. So, my niece, my nephew, what do you have on your heart right now? Let me ask you, how large, in your opinion, is God? Have you thought of it? And how tall is he? Well, how does he look like? You've wondered. Sometimes the Bible says certain things that are pretty scary, you know. And sometimes you wonder how God is able to become the friend of children. Well, let's see. John the Revelator, the apostle Jesus loved. He has some serious descriptions about God. Very serious. He said he has seen somebody who looked like the son of man. And when he saw him, you wouldn't believe it. You imagine, try to get a picture. He said his eyes were like coals, you know, balls of fire. And then his face was like lightning. Wow. And then how he looked like, he said his hair was like white wool. And when he spoke, you wouldn't imagine. He said his voice was like many waters. Elsewhere, John the Revelator also said, the voice of God was like thunder. Wow, scary. That is pretty scary, isn't it? But this same God, who can be scary? No, I forgot one thing I need to tell you. He said his countenance, well, that is pretty big word. I don't like big English. His countenance, that is how he looked. He said it was like the sun shining with its strength. 
Have you tried to look at the sun at noonday? Well, the sun on a pretty sunny day, how it looks like. That was how Jesus looked like when John saw him. But I ask you, if this was how he was, how was it that he was able to carry little children in his arms? No, I have not told you about the arms. Now you better listen. You know brass? Great. Uh-huh. That shiny container that mommy used to keep the jewelry and those things in. Brass. He said his arms and his legs were like brass. Brass that had been polished and had been put in fire. And it was shining. Wow. That is scary, isn't it? Great. That is how Jesus looks like. I'm sure you didn't want to have such a friend. But no. Why did he look like that? In Revelation. You know, the book of Revelation is difficult to understand sometimes, I understand. But in Revelations, Jesus is talking about, you know, things that are about the end of time when he will be coming again to take us to heaven. And in Revelation, he also talks about how Satan will be worrying the church. So Christ shows this picture. I was looking through the Bible and I also asked my grandma. Grandma also found it difficult, so he brought grandpa. And when they discussed this, it's interesting, they took me to Daniel chapters 9 and 10, where Michael also showed himself forth like that. And you know that strong man, Daniel, when he saw him, he said he was wearing linen, burial in color. That is metallic green, about military uniform, you know. And when he was wearing it, he said his face shone like lightning. And Daniel said when he saw him, he was so scared, he fell down as if he was dead. And the man held him on his shoulders and sucked him on his knees. Then he couldn't see him again. Well, if Christ showed himself that way, when Daniel was praying and Gabriel was coming and people were fighting him, then perhaps that is how he shows himself when he is going to war. When God wants to come and save you, look, he is scary. And if God is scary, he is scary to those that do not fear him. But for those of us whom he has nominated us to be his friends, well, he's not quite like that. The same revelation describes him as the Lamb of God. But is God really a sheep? No, that is not it. But how he behaves when he is in his loving best, he is very humble and gentle. How does he look like? That is a tough question. Tough. Because the Bible says no one has seen God. No one has seen God. So that is a tough question. But how does God want us to know him? Well, if we read John chapter 1, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he was revealed as the only son of the father. He was full of grace and truth. That was his glory. Christ wants us to know the Father, know God, as the God who is full of grace and truth. Truth? Well, we all know the truth. You remember when you lied. Truth is anything that is true. Yes, yes, that is true. But grace, grace, you know, they say it is favor that we don't merit, unmerited favor. Favor that. We don't really deserve to have, but we are given. That is favor, an unmerited favor. So he wants us to look at him not as Father Christmas, no, or as a panity, very strong, scary God, no. He wants us to 
see him as a loving, caring God who wants to even give us thanks when we don't deserve it. You understand? We're going to delve very deep into how God looks like. And in this month, I am sure it will be pretty exciting. Why don't you begin telling your friends? We're going to consider serious questions from Little Hearts. Serious questions. Once I am reminded that little children wanted to go to Jesus. Then the disciples were driving them away. He said, no, don't you do that. Allow the little children to come to me. The kingdom of heaven has been prepared for kids such as these. And you better listen. You know, you know one thing he said <laughs> that is tough. He said, until mommy and daddy and grandpa and, you know, those people, the adults, until they become like us, little children, they cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Well, that is victory for children. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love him. Great. So, uh, my dear nieces and my dear nephews, for your uncle, I am happy that we're going to have the opportunity to consider some of these very tough questions as we delve into the Bible. God bless you and thank you for listening. Jesus bless you just because you listened. Tell your friends about this. This has been Uncle Kwesi from Ghana. Bye-bye. To contact us, write to Adventist World Radio, Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box, AF595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana. Or call us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-208-704-532 or email us at Radio at vvu.edu.gh. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, to contact us, write to Adventist World Radio, Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box AF 595, Adenta Accra, Ghana, or call us on plus 233-307. 0510058 or plus 233-208-704-532 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh.